Before we get into the inaugural episode of Football Gentron, I want to make a quick announcement. During the time of this recording, we received the news that Armenia and Azerbaijan have come to an agreement brokered by Russia to put an end to the war. Although we are glad to see the hostilities put to an end, this comes at the price of losing our ancestral land. Our hearts go out to the fallen soldiers, their families, and all Armenians, both in Armenia and in diaspora during this difficult time. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Football Gentron Podcast. My name is Autumn, and this is a podcast about everything Armenian football and Armenian football related. Uh, I just want to go ahead and start by introducing everyone in our team. Uh, and they'll give you a little bit of a brief background about themselves, about their experience with Armenia and Armenian football, and um, why we're doing this thing. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to go and kick it off to Chadens. Chadens, introduce yourself to everyone. Go Hello, ahead. everyone. Uh, my name is Charles. I'm actually a UFRC licensed coach uh, here in Cyprus. Um, I'm very excited to be doing this podcast with uh, Armenians all around the world. We have from uh, America, France, even Argentina, and I'm excited to kick it off. Great. Thank you, Charles. And now let's kick it over to Theo. Theo? Yeah, uh, hello to everybody. Uh, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to be here for me and to take part with experts to this beautiful adventure on our beloved Armenian football. Uh, my name is uh, Theo Sivazlian. I am 19. I live in France and I'm currently uh, in my second year at the Cannes School of Journalism. Um, I am a Frenchman, yes, but with very proud Armenian origins. Uh, in this way, I did my, my first professional internship last summer on Norwich, a French-Armenian media, uh, the reference throughout Europe. Uh, and I am obviously a huge fan of our beloved national team, which interests me, yes, I, I admit, more than that of France. Uh, the starting point, it's this wonder team that uh, of the beginning of the 2010 years, uh, it was just incredible with Yura, uh, the gladiator Movzician, uh, my idol, as I think for many of us here. So I'm um, very happy to to record with you guys, and I'm sure we'll we'll enjoy for our auditors. Of, of course, we are very very happy to have you, Theo. Thank you for joining us. And last but not least, we have Armen. Of course, not least. Yeah, I'm Armen from Argentina. I'm a sociologist. And uh, so maybe there's the, so the social lens I'll be adding into the podcast. Of course, I love football. And most of all, I love my people. So uh, here's to us and uh, our, su our success as a nation. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll do introduce myself a little bit more in depth. My name is Adam. Uh, I hail from Los Angeles, California, like many Armenians do. Uh, just like Theo, I, my interest in Armenian football really uh, grew exponentially during that Euro 2012 campaign uh, with, that was headed by uh, Euro Movsisyan, uh, Gebor Gazarian, Edgar Manocharian, Henrik Mkhitaryan, of course. Um, that's when um, 
I, I always had a love for the game, but that's when my love for the Armenian game just exploded. Uh, and ever since then, I've been a devout follower. I've went to Armenia, and I've been fortunate enough to watch several matches um, in person. Uh, I'm also fortunate enough to know Euromovsisyan because <laughs> I went to school with I went to school with his brother. Um, uh, I have actually have, and I know this might make Theo very jealous. Uh, when I went to watch Armenia play Denmark, uh, it was a nil-nil draw. It was in the last Euro uh, qualifiers in 2015. Uh, I have his jersey from that match, and oh. I got it. I got it signed by him when he came with Salt Lake to play the Galaxy a couple of years later. Uh, oh. So that's that's gonna get framed too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still waiting to put that one up. Um, I love Armenia. I love Armenian football. Um, and I am extremely excited to get this podcast venture started uh, because, of course, there aren't that many people like us who enjoy Armenian football so much that we feel the itch to talk about it. But fortunately, we were um, able to put together a very international group of Armenians uh, with drastically different backgrounds, um, very different expertise, uh, and give you an English language opinion um, and fact on everything Armenian football. Some of the uh, things we will be discussing in this podcast include the Armenian Premier League and its cup. Uh, we will do some match reviews and previews of, of larger matches. Uh, we will be going in depth into Armenian players abroad, those that play outside the Armenian Premier League. Then uh, that can include players that are under the age of 21 that play for uh, B teams in different European competitions. Uh, and of course we will be touching heavily upon the Armenian national team, uh, and, in all the competitions they play in, including the UEFA nations league, UEFA Europa league qualifiers, and of course, world cup qualifiers, um, which is coming up. So we will try to have some sort of a variety into this podcast. It's not going to be the same run of show every time. Uh, we will touch upon the same few topics, uh, but we're also going to try to get different people on the show uh, other than us four, including some other journalists, maybe some coaches and some players. And the podcast will generally be out on a biweekly basis unless there is a national team match. Uh, in those circumstances, we will probably record more frequently as we would want to give our opinions prior and after the match uh, when it's a little bit more fresh in our head. Um, and in certain circumstances, for example, when the Armenian league goes on its winter break, as it does annually, we will focus solely on Armenian players abroad and, uh, have some special episodes in there where we can do some interviews or talk about some potential future stars. Yeah, we, we have some juicy stuff. <laughs> yes, we definitely have some juicy stuff. We have some great players, some players we're very excited about, some players we're very cautiously optimistic about. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I want to go ahead and start this episode off uh, by talking about the Armenian Premier League. Uh, the Armenian Premier League is kicking off. Uh, it's in full swing, kind of. Of course, because of the recent war that broke out, um, Armenia Football Federation was forced to pause the competition. But it had recently restarted. Uh, and let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Uh, Armen, why don't you tell us a little bit about Vaughn? and how they've been doing so far. Interesting team, Van. 
newly created, and uh, you can already tell they're pretty serious about their game. Uh, it doesn't matter. They got up. They got off to a good start, relatively good start. They're now mid table. Yeah, it makes sense. And now they're pretty much on a low. But uh, overall, they have a great team put together with a very experienced and qualified and talented uh, captain with Mihran Manasyan. That is a great striker. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see what they can do in the for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm mostly sad about another team, though, about what's happened to Gansasar. If you want me, we can talk about Gansasar later on. But uh, I think we have to focus on the, on them too because they were a great team as well, and they yeah. were doing pretty good, and uh, now had to give up the season. Yeah, yeah, of course, because of uh, just like a lot of football clubs around the world, um, COVID hit very heavily, and for leagues like mm-hmm. Armenia, where only a few of the clubs are backed by fairly wealthy owners, um, unfortunately, well, you know Gazasad the- wasn't able to keep afloat. The the big issue for Gansasar is that they're based in Kapan, you know, the city, which is right on the bo- on the border, and they got shelled. The city of Kapan got shelled in Armenia proper, not in Artsakh, yeah. and uh, by the by the Turks, and uh, they had to quit the season. Yeah, it's it's really so, unfortunate, and they're they're the second team to do so in consecutive years. So it's uh, the other one uh, last season was due to financial reasons. And this one is, uh, of course, due to the very sad war that's currently being waged on Armenians. It's awful, man. It is. Um, But let's let's turn our attention maybe a little bit more upwards uh, onto the table. Theo, do you want to talk a little bit about Urardu and Lori and Ararat? And since they're occupying the top three spaces, how are they looking right now? I'm very happy to to see uh, Ararat again in the top place uh, because it's, as you know, guys and uh, all our auditors, uh, an historical team of our championship. Uh, and I am just uh, enjoying that they are uh, back on the on the success with uh, also the the father Bishak Shian. Uh, we return. We arrived just. Uh, to the bench uh, last summer. They have a really good team with uh, Salomon Udo too, uh, who uh, plays now in the in the squad, in the national squad. Uh, for me, we have to ha- highlight the, the great performances of uh, Lori, uh, Lori, because um, it's been now a uh, a few seasons that uh, they are really consistent and uh, efficient uh, without um, so many uh, financial um, uh, needs. Uh, so for me, it's uh, really good for the competitivity of the championship. And uh, I'm really really excited yes to to see how Lori could compete in the um, in our Premier League uh, this season and uh, if they are uh, able to to resist to uh, Urartu uh, obviously and um, maybe the the return of Alashkert uh, which is, which is very important and crucial in the in the race title 
Of course, I know, um, and and most people know the two big powerhouses of last year, uh, FC Noah and Adara Armenia, not to be confused with Adara Yerevan. Uh, these mm-hmm. two newly formed or reformed teams, rather, have certainly dominated Armenian football, winning the uh, Adara Armenia won the league in consecutive years and uh, FC Noah were able to topple them in the cup final, which went to something ridiculous. Like I think it was 15, 16 penalties <laughs> after, after being down two, three goals. That was an insane game, but there are other historically successful Armenian clubs that are not doing so hot. Chodens, do you want to talk a little bit more about Punic and Shirak and where they're currently at in the table? There's a big gap as we can see, between them. I think it's going to be difficult for them to get on top. Yes, and, you know, it's if you if you take a look at the squad that Punic has put together, they've made a lot of signings, including last year's top goal scorer from Adara Armenia. They, of course, have uh, their current captain, Aras Ozbilis, former Armenian national team member, never really got the proper send-off uh, he deserved from the national team. Yeah. Uh, he he will eventually, I think. Uh, maybe if we can get a friendly that doesn't get canceled, I think, I think <laughs> that, that that might be the proper time to do it. And Shirak, of course, another club that had its uh, had successful tenure in the Premier League, uh, that's now sitting very comfortably at the bottom of the table uh, with only a couple points after seven matches. So it's not looking too good for those two sides, despite the types of reforms that they've been making. Um, I'll go over the current top goal scorers. So there's Jonel Desiree. He scored six goals so far this season with Urardu. There's David Davidian, who scored four for Alashkert. Uh, and then uh, several players uh, are tied for third place with three goals, including uh, Yusuf Odobanjo, uh, Wabeymar Angulo, current Armenia international, uh, Lima and Azarov and a couple of other names. There's also a couple of standout players so far in this season uh, for the likes of Urardu. Uh, I know Hako Pakopian is a player that Armin is dying to talk about. I've been wanting this guy in the national team for a long time, all right? And I, for one, am really glad for this call. I mean, Pakopian was screaming to get a, a call. He was, uh, He had it coming. He's a center midfielder, which is something we lack quality in uh, for the national team. I think we all know that by now, which is why we had to nationalize two players, not just one, but two players. And uh, f- like, finally, we get a young, uh, talented Armenian-raised player from the Urartu Academy, which is, uh, as some here will know, Urartu is the club that has been sponsored by UEFA to, to become like the, the Ajax or the Schalke from the Caucasus. And uh, Hago Pagopian is one of their main performers. And uh, I'm glad Caparros saw that. Definitely, definitely. I think um, historically, if you look at Armenian football, everyone looks at the Punic Academy as the most successful academy. But... Um, that definitely that tide seems to be turning towards into the favor of Urardu. As you mentioned, they do have a sort of partnership with UEFA and they are, uh, you know, supposed to be uh, the next big um, factor yeah. of turning yeah, players and if out. You, if, if you think about it, if you look at the 
top of the table of the Armenian Premier League, you'll see that Urartu is leading, and it's mostly because of this guy. So I really hope to see him in either of the two uh, upcoming games for the national team. Hopefully. We'll see. when. Well, we're going to get to the national team in a little bit. Uh, But first, uh, let's talk about Armenian players abroad. The Armenian national team is made up of mainly or a very healthy mix actually of uh domestic armenian players and armenian players from abroad and um the most famous of them all the easily most recognizable the first global superstar to come out of armenia is henrik <laughs> Mkhitaryan. so theo uh tell us a little bit about henrik and uh how he's doing in his little roman vacation <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this weekend, Roma moved into third place in Syria, one point ahead of fourth place to Ju- Juventus uh, after uh, Mikitarian our annual hat trick in a 3 1 win for the capital side at Genoa. Uh, is now uh, leading uh, completely. Uh, the, the squad uh, of uh, Roma. Um, today, at the Gazzetta dello Sport, the, the great uh, sport, uh, sports newspaper in, uh, in Italy, uh, speak about the king of Roma. Uh, so it's uh, very significant. Beautiful. Beautiful and significant. Um, it tells the the, the importance and the crucial role of uh, Eno in, in the squad of uh, Paolo Fonseca. Uh, his statistics, he scored four goals and uh, delivered five assists in 10 matches. Uh, so he leads even the, the Serie A in assists. Uh, important numbers also. Uh, definitely, I think it, it, it was... Uh, a uh, long period since we 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 saw in like that. If uh, I'm sorry for my English and maybe <laughs> and he answer is uh, a bit difficult, uh, but um, he he has uh, an importance and in the Roma uh, as maybe for me he never had before. Maybe but uh, you can thought about uh, Dortmund. Uh, I'm a bit surprised in his success success in uh, in Italy. Uh, Mm. I thought the the championship would be um, too much uh, tactical and uh, physical uh, for him. We have to to remember uh, this is um, maybe the the most uh, defensive uh, championship in the world or even in uh, uh, western europe um, so really i'm uh, i'm so glad and uh, so happy that uh, our eno is able to to do that and uh, and to score again again and again yeah, so that's yeah he needed confidence he definitely needed confidence and i think another thing he really needed was the um was the freedom I know about a year ago after he made his loan move to Roma, he started to um, kind of hit back at his manager uh, at at Arsenal talking about how he had to play a more defensive role. And now at Roma, Paulo Fonseca has given him uh, freedom, essentially. He plays in a part of a front three, uh, one of the two attacking midfielders, most of the time with Pedro. And um, 
he has the freedom to do what he wants. He comes centrally when he wants. He's on the right. He's on the left. He drops down. Um, and I think that freedom is also something that we can um, we can attribute to success in Italy because we know that a mentally healthy Henrik is the best Henrik. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of his his time in Ukraine in Shakhtar. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chavins, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think I would say the same. Um, the fact that him being in uh, in Italy with uh, the freedom rather than in England, where the football is more pressing, uh, it's more compact. There's more ability for him to to move around and score more goals and be more flexible with his position. Of course, definitely. And, and we're all, of course, glad to see Henrik doing well. His slump in England was something that I think, I want to say coincided very well with the hard and difficult times the national team had. But it seemed that at, at the times... And this is something that I've kind of a theme that I've noticed generally with Henrik is when he's playing at his best in the club level, he's not necessarily contributing that equal amount to the national team. But that's, you know, that's still uh, we still have a little bit more time with him. He's uh, he's still only 31 or if he's 32 now, I'm not sure. Uh, But we do have someone who's slightly younger than him by a few years who also plays in a top league whose name is Sargis Adamian. Armin? What a guy. I mean, it's just super soccer. I mean, do we need further introduction? He he was injured since February. Can you imagine that? He was injured since February. He just got got back November, and off the bench, he didn't even start it. I mean, and uh, he starts off with a brace off the bench for Europe, uh, two goals in half an hour. Then he goes out in the weekend again from the bench and again another goal he what a guy i mean i'm i'm speechless from him and uh, when he comes to the national team yeah maybe he doesn't get as many openings as he gets uh, for hoffenheim but his work rate is just as tireless his work rate is just as high he he works his body off not to say another thing and uh, many people don't see it but it's starting to pay off it's starting to pay off which is why he not only his cult and his uh, role for the national team is increasing in terms of importance but he's also got his second contract for hoffenheim they extended his contract until 2023 i don't know if that's the secure a more profitable sale, like a transfer, uh, the fee for Hoffenheim or not, or if they genuinely want him to stay until 2023. But either way, it's a great uh, it's a great news for us. Definitely is. And and ta- speaking numbers, um, Sargis has three goals and one assist in about 90 minutes of play, all off the bench. So he's in yet one to start. Week. He has four in goal contributions week. in one week in 90 minutes of play, which is an incredible output. And like you said, we don't know if the contract extension is um, for maybe getting more cash for him in terms of a sale. Uh, because if you look at Hoffenheim's current squad, they have uh, Andre Kramerich, who is normally one of their two starting center forwards, uh, yeah. currently injured. 
Um, and they have a Davour, who's also the other very normal starter, who actually missed the penalty in the last minute uh, oh, to secure you. a draw. Well. <laughs> but um, he he is a player that has definitely worked his way up. He's worked, you know, he played in the German fourth division, played in the German second division, worked his way up to the Bundesliga. And you know what? It, and it, it, all of his hard work seems to be paying off. Now, whether he is sold or not from Hoffenheim, I cannot imagine him going to a team uh, at a lower level. I think he would do a lateral type transfer to another Europa yeah. League team. Um, or, I, I mean, if lucky, I'm sure... You know, some other teams in Germany, maybe a Leverkusen uh, well, or a Schalke. Until, bro, until not long ago, until not long ago, and more than one time, RB Leipzig, no less than RB Leipzig, the, the newly uh, created giants, if we will, Red Bull funded, they are constantly chasing Adamian. Maybe not explicitly, but rumors are constantly there. And uh, they have sold Timo Werner to Chelsea, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's um, he can he can make a surprise move. He's only 27, um, although you know he's newly entering the prime of his career. Uh, so I we all we can do is wait and see. Uh, but for someone who's at the beginning of his career is putting up even better numbers and has very recently made his debut for the Armenian national team, Vahan Bichakchan is absolutely on fire. So I, you know what, Chadens, go for it. Let's tell, tell us a little bit about Vahan. I think we're going to expect a lot from him now. We definitely are expecting a lot. We... We cannot wait for him to score, assist, especially the fact that he plays right wing and left wing gives him this flexibility of scoring. Um, I think he can do a lot for the national team. Uh, I'm expecting a lot from him. Yeah, I think we all are. And with nine goals and two assists so far this season, uh, he is absolutely killing it. And and like you mentioned, he does, it, he does it from both wings. He does it from the center of the park. He can score from anywhere. Um, so far, he hasn't really gotten that full opportunity in Armenia yet for the national team. He's been coming off the bench, playing a few minutes here or there. Um, so he hasn't really had the ability to make the impact we all know he can. But he's definitely a very special player. Someone who didn't go the Russia route, went a very alternative route, currently plays for MSK Zelina in Slovakia. And fun fact, he actually also shares the same agent as Marek Hamšík, uh, who has a Ooh. lot of connections in Serie A. And I would not be surprised if uh, if we see Vahan in a um, in a Napoli or in an Inter shirt. And it is very, very possible. Well, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add mainly when um, now uh, Eno succeed in um, in Roma in Serie A. So. Uh, Van uh, could totally uh, uh, plays in oh, yeah, Serie yeah. and uh, and succeed also. Yeah, it yeah, it's an example. It it definitely That's... does set an example. And another player we can actually look at who almost went to Serie A, uh, who was tipped to go for you know one reason or another, chose to stay at his club, which got relegated in Denmark, is Edgar Babayan, uh, who currently plays for Hobro, and he's been. Um, in incredible form as well so far with four goals and two assists in six matches um 
tell us a little bit more about Edgar uh, Armin. Yeah, well, I guess his uh, he's kind of wasting a, a season in a way because the fact that he chose to stay, having the possibility to go either Serie whether it's a lower low table side or not, it doesn't matter. It's still Serie A. Uh, whether it's Poland, there were big Polish teams interested in him. Uh, like also uh, Danish giants, uh, Copenhagen were, were interested in him. And uh, I know for a fact, because I know this, this guy, not only is he talented, but he's also got a heavy personal personality he's a he's a strong-minded he's committed maybe it's his commitment that led him to want the hobro his current side to get promoted yet again uh i i feel like he's wasting a season and he's talented enough to shine and go back to top tier uh, league soon sooner than later and he's always going to be a great asset for the national team. So I'm expecting another move for him, too. I, I hope so. I think he's someone who is extremely talented. I mean, um, not that I want to bring up any bad memories, but if you think about that match versus Italy, that last match, he scored the goal oh, yeah. of the bunch. Uh, an absolute missile into the top corner. And of course, Italian media outlets immediately took note of it. They hardly even touched on the scoreline. They were talking about who is and how is he able to score that goal? Um, So hopefully Serea is somewhere we can see him and other Armenians. uh, Now that Henrik has kind of opened that door a little bit. Um, That's what we thought he would be in the Bundesliga, but unfortunately hasn't really panned out that way, but maybe Serea might be a place, um, that Armenians can flourish. But speaking of a place that Armenians consistently flourish, we can turn our attention to Kazakhstan and the Kazakhstan Premier League, where we have a plethora of Armenian players. um, And one of the, I would say, likely can be set up for the league MVP, a player who's been absolutely demolishing everything he touches uh, for club and country, Tigran Barserian. Theo, what is making Tigran such a great player, and why is he still in Kazakhstan? That's a good question. Uh, I think we we all uh, think about it. Um, Tigo should uh, play in uh, in a Western uh, Europe Championship, um, um, maybe just for the the money. Unfortunately. Uh, but when you see his uh, statistics again, uh, five goals, six assists in uh, 18 appearances, uh, really a great performance. And um, Tico is a, is a fighter on the on the pitch. Uh, he really has uh, good um, technical qualities, and uh, he never gave up. Uh, it's really the, the type of player that I like. Um, he gives uh, everything he, he had uh, for for Astana uh, or for the national team, maybe even more for the national team. Um, it's uh, for me what a pity. What a pity. Um, you 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 should find him in um, Netherlands uh, or 
in uh, Switzerland or in uh, Italy again, uh, even in, C in Serie B, but uh, on the top of the Serie B, maybe. Uh, that type of, uh, of championship, of uh, competitive championship, uh, and it will improve the level, obviously, of the, of the national team again. Definitely. And, and I think he's one that he is at the later stages of his career and maybe it might be difficult to make a, a move to a bigger club. And it's definitely something that he could have done. Uh, but he seems more of a, a big a big fish in a small pond type player. Um, and we don't know if he's going to leave Kazakhstan. And if he does, I can't unfortunately can't really imagine it being in a top five uh, league. Um, but another um Another player who also plays in Kazakhstan and who is uh, now a champion, Kamo Hovanesyan, someone who, <laughs> who when he, whenever you think of, you don't think of as the ideal footballer, but he's been he's been doing he's been doing some wonders. So tell us a little bit more about him. Uh, it's a, it's an honor for me to, to speak about the the Usain Bolt of the. <laughs> uh, I think all he said. Uh, no, he, he just became, as you said, the Kazakh champion uh, after giving the the winning assist. Um, uh, he also has uh, as uh, Tico in his club, uh, which is now Kairat Almaty, uh, a huge importance and uh, a huge role. Um, but again, when uh, I I have in mind his uh, his game against uh, Italy uh, when we we lose um, three one uh, in Yerevan in uh, 2019, it was just incredible. Uh, it even the Italian uh, commentators just uh, wow, <laughs> they were impressed uh, and. Um, it's again um, we we should see him at the, at a competitive level and not in the the Kazakh league. Uh, we uh, I have respect for Kazakh league, but um, it's not <laughs> a major league. <laughs> even even maybe the the second division of France or uh, or Italy is uh, is uh, equal to to Kazakh league. So. It's again uh, the point, and we don't, we didn't do uh, so much to to change that. But uh, as I said, he's a war using bolt, and uh, we we just we just have to to see him run, 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 and run again, again, and again. <laughs> <laughs> on the line <laughs> i think I, I mean i think his pace is his best asset of course but it's also what let him down in certain aspects i think if you look to armenia's match against macedonia in the opening match day they knew immediately what his tactic was going to be it was going to be knock the ball forward mm -hmm. and run as fast as you can and <laughs> i think if he works on his technical abilities a little bit more uh his passing his first touch um I think he can be a definitely a more elite player that that we have. But speaking of um, elite players, speaking of elite defenders, something that Armenia really hasn't had much of. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we'll, we'll really? touch on we'll touch on that we'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we have Andre Kalisir, uh, who currently plays for Gothenburg in Sweden. Chadens, tell us a little bit more. 
this guy is actually fantastic. And funnily enough, he doesn't have an Armenian name, uh, but he's always solid. Yeah, I, I think I think we should be happy with him. Uh, every single game we saw him play, he's been very good. And keeping the form is really essential at this point with the COVID. Um, as we can see in many leagues, it's been very inconsistent. And with Kalister, I think we can expect a lot again. Uh, hoping to see good defensive actions. Definitely, and I think um, he's he's someone that's brought a lot of stability since coming into the Armenia squad. I wish I wish we had him years ago. Um, For sure, I think he would have been an amazing addition. But uh, he's been very good uh, alongside Vazdat Haroyan, uh, who is our, of course, Armenia's. Uh, co-captain and newest signing of Tombov in Russia. Armen, how's Varza doing in Tombov? He's, he's settled pretty quick. I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected less of him, to be honest, though. He's very experienced at a pretty young age for a central, midfield, uh, a central defender. And uh, about our national team central defense, I believe it's the first time in a long, long time, maybe even the first time since I I can remember that uh, we've had a, such a solid and uh, top quality for what we're accustomed to, uh, central defender duo with uh, both Chalisher on the one side and Bato on the other. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this both of them i think both of them have uh, uh, are exactly 20 28 years old and i'm checking and it's vato aroyan has 20 is 28 years old and charish charish is uh, 30 which is prime age for a central defender uh so we have plenty of stuff to look forward to and uh i'm i'm very excited i i, I can't hide this <laughs> I, I I am too because he's he's a player that I've been very critical of um, because I expect a lot more out of him. Um, I know yeah. him he made a lot of mistakes uh, in that first match against Macedonia, uh, but he's um, he's definitely been he is the vocal leader of Armenia. Oh, yeah. um, he he definitely takes command. That's something Henrik doesn't really do too well, but uh, mm. Haroyan really commands from the back um, and. Interestingly enough, um, he plays at the center of a back five for Tombov. That's at least what he did for the first couple of matches. But uh, his match on Saturday, he actually played as a defensive midfielder, um, which was very interesting and something that Armenia, it would be great if we can experiment with because um, his long passing range is very good. His passing is very accurate. Oh, yeah. Someone like him with... A real presence you know that real like he's a very old school player he's a very like he will foul you and he won't he won't care he doesn't give <laughs> he's, a type, he's the type of player that i like that's what i like about him yeah he he's a very vintage player he's a he's a player that i feel like if he was technically a little more gifted if he had a yeah. little bit more natural talent he's a player that would fit perfectly in the premier league he has that I mean, that stature he was uh he was scouted by both German and Italian teams earlier in uh, in his career, and he still hasn't reached his peak yet. 
which is why he realized I need to play. I need to get out of Ural, which is which was his former team where he was uh, all of a sudden he got benched after three seasons of uh, being a starter, basically. And he realized I'm reaching my peak. I need to play. So he's going to Tambov. He's going to try his luck there and hopefully even better from there. Uh, what I was going to say about him, do we really are we willing to risk the central defender spot playing him a little forward in the in the pitch are we going to risk losing him as a central defender by playing him central midfield i i, I wouldn't personally shotens what do you think yeah i wouldn't i would i would agree with um armen i don't think we should i don't think we should do that because we've also got the two uh, other new cdms Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it, it, there's no flow. There, the, yeah, and it's um in in idea and obviously in practice it seemed to work. I, they lost one nil Tombov in that match, but um statistically his um he had a very good pass completion percentage. Uh, he was on the ball a lot. He had a couple chances created. He had very accurate long balls. Um, and it's something that I I feel like if we had someone like uh i don't know gail andonian playing at a high level we can afford yeah. we can afford to have Haroyan <laughs> further up the pitch but andonian is a whole other whole other thing that we won't even um he's a whole other social oh, phenomenon wait. i would say <laughs> i mean uh theo tell tell just give him a little background on gail uh, I I have his uh, phone number, so I I I think I will uh, call him or text him uh, <laughs> to to know, <laughs> to know his, his current situation. C'est c'est ça. Qu'est-ce qui se passe? C'est bon, bon français, très bien. Mais, um, yes, it's uh, it's re- it's really complicated for him. But I I really didn't uh, understand the his choice. Uh, when he when he left um, uh, Marseille uh, because he he was on loan at the time uh, on Dijon after on Veria uh, on the super Greek uh, Super League um, but after it's like um, the man didn't want to to play um, <laughs> I don't know oh, so I got I got rumors. <laughs> I I got rumors for you. I I I I know he he made some uh, trials um, and uh, he I I thought he refused to play in uh, in Armenia in the in the in the Super League. No. If, if I'm know, not yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he he had a trial at Sunderland in yeah. England yeah. and and he was they wanted to sign him. But I think they had a couple of forwards that were on very high wages. So financially, it didn't make sense for the club. And I feel like if he was playing in the championship, it would be a whole different ballgame right now. But I think he, he, he wouldn't be uh, playing in the, in the championship. No, I'm more for the, the U23, if oh, I'm, okay. uh, I, I think. Because... Uh, for him, championship is a bit uh, higher for his uh, even in when he made the, the trial. Uh, his current uh, level is uh, now, uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, not, tr- not get, very good. 
he needs to get his stuff together. I agree. Um, I, I think I can understand his frustration with Marseille. Um, he he finally broke through to the first team at a very young age. Um, he played for Marseille B almost every match. He mm-hmm. broke through. Um, manager got fired. Um, after giving him his debut, he play, he was able to play a few matches and come off the bench. Uh, started yeah, one, I believe. Stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and he was let go. And the new manager that came in shot him straight back down to Marseille B. And typical um, Armenian personality didn't take too kindly to it. So I think <laughs> I think that's where the animosity uh, that's where the animosity grew from. And it's it's. I think, and we all forget that he's still young. I mean, he plays yeah. in the French fourth division currently, and if he can bring himself up to the second division, if possible, I'm not sure, Theo, you might know better, or if he just comes to Armenia and plays in the Armenian league, where I guarantee you a player like him can start for Adadad Armenia or Noah, and he can be playing... Europe, your Champions League qualifiers, Europa League qualifiers, and maybe even make it to the group stage. And I'm not sure why he does, why he doesn't do that, but uh, I don't know. For me, I think he, he should be uh, if he had the if he have if he uh, have the the opportunity uh, to play in uh, in Armenia. If he want to to be recalled uh, by uh, Kaparos. Uh, it's the the better option and to play again in a competitive level because I I I'm a Marseille fan uh, to tell you uh, so I uh, followed him uh, too much when uh, when he played for us I was so happy that uh, finally an Armenian played for my team um, but uh, in the fourth tier um, the level isn't really great and it's really complicated. After a uh, year in France, um, when you play uh, in the fourth tier or even uh, below, to return to a, a great level as the, the second division or even the third di- division uh, with uh, Mathieu Ezekian also in uh, Lyon La Duchère. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not really confident for for his return. Um, I will follow him again uh, because uh, it's a player that uh, that I like. And uh, as I said, maybe I will text him and call him if we if we could um, have. Oh to- yeah. Get him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First, first the podcast, and then the Armenian Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we might convince him. But you know, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of players who have felt like they've been around forever and who um, has been around forever and has proved this wrong or proved me wrong at least. I know some of you guys like him a lot on multiple occasions. Uh, there's Gevor Glazarian, who currently plays for AEL Limassol in Cyprus. Uh, not too far from you, right, Chadens? Well, uh, we have... Actually, the interesting thing is um, the Hovannes and uh, Glazarian are actually playing against each other next week. So this will be exciting. But for this week, uh, we had them perform at a good level. 
especially uh, Hovanes. Um, Anorthos has got the win. Mm-hmm. And pretty happy to see that, of course. Unfortunately for Ghazarian, he lost the game. Uh, he doesn't play much, as we all know. Uh, he's reached his peak level and is ending that level as well. Yeah. yeah. But Hampar yeah. Sumian, I think we can... Of course, we can still see him another two, three years, give or take, since he's 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Hamar Zuman, some somewhere that he could have made this, uh, or should have rather made a move like this early in his career. I think Anathorsis is a very good level for him. Um, and Ghazarian, at this point, um, he's aged. He's not the same player he yeah. used to be. Um, he's not that impact sub that I think Kaparos thinks he is. No, uh, no. Hence yeah. why he keeps on bringing him on. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get the call up, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um, and um, Hambard Zumian, of course, um, who had a little bit of a solid. rough start. He's a very yeah. solid player. Had a little yeah. bit of a rough start at Anathorsis. I think um, Ottoman can attest to this. Uh, it's uh, coached by a Georgian uh, manager. Oh, yeah. Who and the team Don't has a lot me of Georgian players. <laughs> we won't. I won't get Don't you started. Don't get me started. But he has broken into the first team. Um, he was unfortunately injured in the last set of uh, Nations League matches, but he is back. He's back in the squad, so we're very happy uh, to hear from him. Um, he's so important. So important. Yeah, he is. He's very important. And when he's uh, when he plays bad. Uh, we play bad, and I think that the the Macedonia game was very evident of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of another player who um, I don't want to say plays bad when he puts on the Armenia shirt, but uh, he's definitely much better at club level. Uh, Geram Kadimian, who has been um, a, a revelation since COVID hit, to the point that on the Armenia national team subreddit. Someone has dubbed him COVID because of how many goals oh this God. guy has been scoring during this pandemic. He just <laughs> scored one more over this past weekend. He has he's in the double digits already for goal tallies, um, and he's been Neiman's best player by a, by a mile. He's been the best player in Belarus this season, um, and he's looking to make a move. Uh, but he has also been left out of Armenia's squad this time which is a little bit interesting, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Another player who has been out for a long time, who just recently came back, who um, is a former La Masia player. I think we can comfortably say that. that we, can, so we can't say that about anyone else. <laughs> but you can say it about Eric Vardanyan. Armin, Eric, what's going on? Um, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hope. hopeful about Vartanian. Everybody knows he's a talent. I mean, as you said, he grew up in La Masia five full years. Uh, he was already starting to show signs of being injury prone as, as a kid, which is basically why uh, the Barcelona the board the board members didn't want him to become pro at Barcelona and basically sold him back. Uh, but he got his education, both uh, personal and football-wise. So we got some top-notch, world-class talent in, in in our hands, basically. He's now playing for Sochi, which is a little-known fact. Sochi is one of Vladimir Putin's uh, teams. So we're talking about a real investment here 
the fact that Putin is going after Vartanian is a uh, is not a small insignificant fact. I mean, he's like a long-term investment, and uh, which is why I'm hoping he will not rush into things physically. Uh, he got back after he got back after a year, so he has he has to step very carefully if we are to see him consistently performing at top level. Of course, of course. We know it, undoubtedly he could easily be our best player if he wants to be. Um, and I think attitude is something that has always been an issue with Vardanian. Um, he oh, he yeah. went out with he went out with style <laughs> in Armenia. Oh <laughs> After yeah, subbed off. He went out he went out in style. Um, but I think, I think that's, everybody that's... everybody hearing this podcast has to see the video of him flipping the opposite fans off. Yep, as he was getting subbed off, and that was the and he got suspended by the Armenian Football Federation for six months, and he ended up making uh, he had to do the surgery, and he made the transfer to Sochi anyway. But um, it was epic. It was it was epic. But speaking of Sochi, speaking of a former Sochi player who currently plays for Tambov uh, alongside uh, alongside Haroyan is Alexander Karapetyan, who recently returned from a um, an, a small injury, uh, and he was in the starting lineup over the weekend, uh, hence why he was also included in the national team list. But yeah. That's going to go ahead and conclude our Armenians Abroad segment for this episode. We will be giving updates like this periodically throughout um, the season, most likely in every major episode that we release. Uh, and we will talk through each player, see where they're currently at, how they're feeling, what the future is looking like, and uh, and go a little bit more depth into their performances as the, as the season progresses. Uh, there were several players that we didn't touch on today. Doesn't mean we don't know they exist. Trust me, we know everyone exists. Um, we do our research very well. Uh, but we, we are know gonna, you. Yeah, we know you. We know you, whether you know it or not. Um, but I think now might be the time. Uh, to talk about the Armenian national team. The Football Federation of Armenia has released its 27-man roster for the final two UEFA Nations League matches against Georgia and North Macedonia. This list has a few changes from last time, but let's let's go ahead and go through it. So for the goalkeepers, there were three names named. Uh, no surprises here. We have David Yurchenko, who's been starting so far. Uh, we have Ayazov and Beglarian, who both play for Urardu, which I've always found this to be a little weird, that we have two goalkeepers from the same club, uh, oh, neither yeah. of which dominate or start either club. Uh, but that's just another thought. Chodens, do you want to go through the defense? Yep. So we have Hovannes, uh, as I spoke about him earlier. We have... Uh, Hovannisian, two of them actually. Uh, we have Haroyan, as mentioned again. Uh, Kalisir, as I mentioned, him uh, being solid at the back. Uh, we have Grigorian, Ishanyan, and two Voskanyans. And we have Robert Hagopian. Oh my God. <laughs> I know you're excited have, about that um... one. Uh, and let's go. Uh... <laughs> Armen, run us to the midfield. Sure. <laughs> we have plenty of options. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, uh, this is, yeah, this is where the, the, the thing, the election for Caparros gets interesting and is one of those nice uh, 
the nice problems, if you will. But yeah, I mean, of course, <laughs> team captain and world star Heno Mkhitaryan. As you said, uh, well, Adam, I know you have a thing with him, but Kevor Kazarian is called up, and uh, I'm not sure, although I'm not sure just as how much time he's gonna get. Um, about Edgar Babayan, on the other hand, I'm I think he's gonna be a starter because, well, he's just fit. He's fit, and I only hope he hasn't lost touch and uh, his performance can be solid, even though he's not playing in a great league country. Uh, Arshak Gorian is a very important, very important uh, asset, in my opinion. Even if he was for like a whole month or so, maybe even more, he was out with a fever, which I don't think it was quite just a fever. Uh, I would say cough, cough, COVID. <laughs> yeah, probably and had COVID. <laughs> whether it was or not, it's not a place I'm not going to judge. I just hope he's okay. I'm happy he's better. He, he just made the bench for his team yet again. And uh, we just saw last month how important Arshak Gorian was for our team. When he's around, as you said about uh, Ovohan Partsumian, when Arshak Gorian plays and is fully there, Armenia just looks different. This guy is young. This guy is really talented, having gone uh, the Dutch the, the Dutch uh, league, which is basically uh, youth development league, is perfect for him to grow as a player. And now we have him. And he, he's also very, um, how to say it, he's very strong-minded. We need this kind of players. He's exactly like uh, Vaham Bichachchan. Those two players, those two players are very young. They're similarly built and talented, but what those two players have is a different thing. Which, for instance, Hano doesn't. Which is personality. We need that. <laughs> Don't say. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Hano. Don't get me wrong. But hmm. the guy is just. He's just too scared sometimes and we need players young and talented players like Vahan and Ashak that don't back off that that go and just push on you know that soldier on uh slightly older but no less uh weaker would be Tigran Barsekian we need him up front too uh about the going a little backwards again we have a weimar angulo i don't know how to pronounce his name really he is the colombian asset we have uh, in the defensive midfielder place uh i'm still a little skeptical about him to be honest i liked salomon udo last month uh a lot better not to say yeah a lot better uh salomon udo Actually, I, I don't know why he hasn't had his chance earlier in the in the season for the national team. Um, although there are two players that could and are perfectly suited to replace both uh, Angulo and uh, Salomon, which are Garen Muradian and, as we talked about earlier, Hagop Hagopian. Garen Muradian is from, I don't know, if he's in Shirak or in Ararat right now, 
but I know he grew up playing in Gumri in Shirak. Uh, he has a lot of potential as well as years on his back. He has experience, a lot of experience and much more potential. So I'm, I'm hope, hopeful about him. But most of all, I'm excited about uh, watching Hago Pian on the pitch, making his debut for the national team. Uh, and the Got two... just just uh, just to uh, interrupt. Sorry to interrupt you for a second. Gotem yeah. is actually uh, Udo's midfield partner for Adara Yerevan. That is that might really it. that is really interesting, and I'm really mm-hmm. hoping to see that uh, that duo I, for I... once. And uh, Hago Pagopian, of course, currently plays as a left back for Urardu, but um, another. He's he's listed here as a midfielder uh, because yeah, his, he has a he grew up as a central he grew up as a, as a defensive midfielder I'm sorry yeah, yeah. but uh, as you said he's very versatile he's very young and talented which is why I'm so excited about him definitely uh, and to round it off uh, the midfielders we have Agvan Papikian a uh, little bit of a question mark there right they won't play either Agvan or Ardak Pigorian. Uh, they are called because they're talented, yeah. But I think there were better options in the Armenian Premier League. Not to disrespect them. I agree. I agree. Um, sorry, Theo. Uh, we're leaving you the smaller bits. <laughs> walk, <laughs> walk us to the long line of forwards we have. The goals, the powder. And just just before to to complete um, Armin uh, about Papikian, uh, we just have to remember that this is an extended list, and uh, maybe uh, Papikian will be uh, excluded in excluded in the in the final list. Uh, right. So so we 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 have to be to be uh, concentrated and focused when the final list will be uh, right. given. This is not the final draft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But for the forwards, indeed, uh, this is uh, definitive uh, with uh, Alexander Karapetian, uh, uh, the the most beautiful bird of uh, Caucasus now, and, and Sako uh, Adamian. <laughs> so so we we talked about uh, these two before. We we know they are crucial role uh, uh, mainly for Kara because uh, we expect a lot uh, for Sako um, uh, even more with uh, with his uh, recent uh, goals and uh, his return from uh, a serious injury so uh, we'll see uh, Kara was uh, uncertain also because he, he was uh, injured uh, he just uh, Retake the the training. Uh, I thought uh, I th- I saw this uh, on Armenian uh, sports media. So so let's see. Um, I think Kaparos uh, should be put at the front sako uh, for the the Georgian game and to to privilege the his form. And we have too too much uh, incertitude about Kara, even uh-huh. if it's our main striker, obviously. So let's see. It will be interesting this uh, this uh, competition between these two, uh, and um, also the the position of uh, Eno. If uh, 
he will be on the on the right wing on the uh, number 10 uh, below uh, we have to be uh, to be uh, focused on the on his position because uh, as everybody uh, say in this podcast is our key players let's transition now into um, maybe looking at how the squad can possibly line up uh, against Georgia on the 15th. Theo, you said you would think that Sako is more likely to start up front. Uh, and I personally, of course, um, I agree with you. I think he is the more talented player. He's the more informed player. Uh, he didn't. He just recently came back from a long-term injury, but he's been playing for about a, a, about a month and a half now. Um, he was eased in by playing with the with the Hoffenheim second team. But Chaudens, what would your ideal eleven against Georgia look like? Well, tough question, really. I I definitely want Sarkis to start. I think I think he will actually start if you think about it. Because Karabedian, if he's come back from injury, I think he will uh, he will sit on the sidelines in this one. Um, Sarkis is on good form not to be included. So definitely Sarkis is starting up for me. Um, Mkhitaryan, possibly. Um, the back, the goalkeeper, definitely the same as usual, I believe. Uh, Hovanes is definitely going to be there. Well, 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 I mean, think about it. Uh, we have Hovanes Hambarzumian, who's played very, well, he's played subpar, I would say, so yeah. far in this Nations League. And we have Kamo Hovanesian, who had a little bit of a redemption story um, in the last match, but of course, when it came to defensive responsibilities, um, you, you know what, wasn't quite there. If exactly. You get, if you understand. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see who he goes from there, uh, picking picking between the two. And and Chadens, I don't fault you for not knowing who's going to start in the midfield because I don't think anyone does. And and I think <laughs> yeah, that's it's the most crucial um, it's the most crucial decision that Kaparos has to make. You have uh, Mkhitaryan, you have uh, an informed Babayan, but he's not playing in the highest level currently you have a very talented Cordian who played very well in the first two matches you have Tigran Barcegan who has been in my opinion our best player uh so far in this Nations League campaign you have Van Bichakjian who there is a very strong campaign to finally start this guy because he definitely deserves it so what's what combination do you pick uh Armin what would you pick for that attacking midfield. Well, yeah, you just left me the perfect opening, okay? <laughs> this is the time for Vahan to make his debut, his starting debut, and no less than a derby against the Georgians. I I would put Vahan in the middle of the game circuit, okay? I would put him as a number 10 central attacking midfielder, and uh, everything will go through him and it will run smoothly. I'm guaranteeing that. Uh, and on the wings, I would put on the left wing, uh, I would play Edgar Babayan because he's solid. He won't disappoint. He's phys- physical, so he can endure most of the game. And uh, 
at top level, right? And on the right side uh, of the wings, I would put Tigran Barzekian because uh, he's also solid. He's used to uh, performing at this level. Level And uh, yeah, I cannot, I can just see them click, especially considering Mkhitaryan will probably miss the, the call this time. Mm. Yeah, and that's, that's um, something that's still developing a little bit. We're not 100% sure yet at this current moment in time when we're recording, but from um, a story that was broken by Italian journalist Tancredi Palmieri yesterday uh, on Sunday was that uh, certain players uh, from specific Serie A clubs who had COVID-19 exposure wouldn't allow um, their players to join their national teams. Uh, He claimed that Serie A had made a statement and laid out the clubs and players, which included Henrik Mkhitaryan of Roma, um, as apparently Edin Dzeko, who missed Sunday's match, uh, yeah. had tested positive for, for COVID-19. So we're still not sure because there hasn't been an official announcement from uh, Serie A. I checked their communications. Uh, there has not been anything from the Armenian Football Federation, and there hasn't been anything from Henrik. But one thing we do know... Mm which are uh, or our colleagues at Macedonian footy uh, is that Goran Pandev, uh, who is a Genoa player and played against Mkhitaryan this past weekend, yeah. um, traveled to uh, Skopje to meet up with the Macedonian squad. Uh, yeah. So although I'm not sure if there was any COVID-19 positives in Genoa, uh, but it, Theo, can you shed a little bit of more light on this situation? Um, I saw the the same thing uh, as you you tell before with the the tweet of uh, Italian journalist Ancredi Palmieri. Um, it's a bit a bit confused uh, in Syria. Uh, there's a huge polemic also about um, uh, Lazio, uh, which didn't respect the the rules uh, and played uh, Immobile uh, and two other players uh, although they, are, they were positive uh, so it's uh, a bit confused in uh, in Italy actually and uh, we'll, uh, we'll know as soon as possible obviously and uh, I just uh, hope that uh, Mickey will um, will go to to the to the squad obviously um, but uh, if I'm not wrong, I don't saw uh, Genoa in the the list of uh, of the clubs uh, in the tweet of uh, Mr. Palmieri. But uh, maybe it, it's just um, it's just uh, a thought. But uh, we we uh, have to check. Yeah, I think um, I'm 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 checking right now. But I think. Uh, Genoa was included in that list, and I think they were included. Okay. Let me, let me oh, so yeah, yeah. But Goran Pandev's okay. name was on the second list yeah. uh, where Mkhitaryan was. But again, I mean, this is Tancredi Palmieri, who is a incredibly reputable Italian journalist. Um, he doesn't really get anything wrong, but there hasn't been an official statement from the league, so yes. we're not sure yet. And if Pandev uh, moved to to Skopje, uh, why Mikitarian uh, couldn't be, yeah. be could 
moved to to Yerevan or to uh, uh, Cyprus or another destination. Exactly, so, exactly. And and um, another interesting another interesting aspect of it is that um, he also reported that uh, Milan players uh, were were allowed to travel to their national team camps uh, if they flew on private. Uh, which I also thought was interesting because I guess there hasn't been any sort of detected outbreak in Milan. So which leads me to believe that these players are flying private to get to their destinations. And I know Henrik always flies private when he goes to Yerevan. So um, I know players were traveling today. We saw it on various social media platforms. Uh, Babayan posted something. Karapetian posted something. So they're they're all headed to Armenia today. Um, so I guess we'll find out in the next 24 to 48 hours when they release some sort of images from training uh whether Henrik will join or not um but if he doesn't join it, it, it's difficult because you're not when we're saying it's an unsure situation i don't it, know what to say yeah yeah and 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 then it's it's also you're replacing Henrik in the squad but yeah you're like, not really replacing him cuz he's he's i don't want to say he's irreplaceable i think Arman would yell at me if i say he's irreplaceable <laughs> But uh, I, you're you're essentially pulling out what would be our best player. Uh, don't argue with me. <laughs> for the someone else, yeah, he is. And it's, for it's, for who? yeah, for someone who's gonna sit on the bench because we know if Mukhtar Anderson dropped, we fully expect uh, we we fully expect Bichakshan to start. Well, but I saw. I mean, Mukhtar would start if you think about it. But at the same time, it's what you said. We, you're putting an essential player on the bench like yeah you you can't say much but then yeah. again it depends there, on the coach yeah there are options i mean we have kadimian uh was one of the noticeable exemptions from this uh from this squad uh, he was called up in the first two squads but he's not in it despite being an excellent form and and we we all know that um he doesn't necessarily have the same output for the national team that he does at the club level for Neiman yeah but they, but he's always going to be an option and and that's something that I think if they were to make that decision they would have to make it quick uh to give him time with the team but again uh Kadimian has had his fair share of starts and minutes and he hasn't necessarily made the impact except for I believe uh Gata was was responsible for getting the handball for one of the penalty kicks but yeah move- yeah you're right yeah I mean he has to get some credit I mean Maybe maybe he doesn't get as many op- openings as he gets in uh, in his club, but he puts in the work and he gets results because the thing is, he, it happens. This what happens to him is just what happened to Sako Adamian last year. Many people were talking about him because he wouldn't perform in the national team the, all the same as he would for Hoffenheim when he got the goals against Bayern Munich against Dortmund, all of that. And he just was unlucky for the national team there. The thing is, both of those players get very different roles for uh, when they play at the club from what they get uh, at the national team. Mm. Of course. Uh, and I agree. Yeah, it's and it's a difficult situation. We don't know right now. Of course, Henrik could just show up and then... You know everything will be fine. I don't expect. <laughs> I, oh I don't. God. I don't expect them to make a statement um, unless he's not going to show up. I think if he he does show up, they're going to stay silent about it. The federation's Ooh. not going to make a big deal. Um, but if he yeah. doesn't, we should we we should 
realistically, I think for the, for the fans, for the media, for the journalists, uh, the Football Federation should let everyone know as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I agree. So moving forward, we have Georgia. We know Georgia very well, despite not playing them competitively that much. We've played them in a couple friendlies. There are neighbors to the north, and the table looks something a little bit like this. We got North Macedonia in first place, Georgia second, Armenia third, Estonia fourth. North Macedonia and Georgia are both on six points. Armenia is on five points, and Estonia is on two points uh, after that shock draw uh, that they held Macedonia to. The top three have one win each, and Armenia's sole loss comes in that opening match against Macedonia. Unfortunately. Uh, Unfortunately, where we looked very poor and barely Mm -hmm. lost still. So... Georgia is right ahead of us, and this isn't a necessarily a do-or-die match for Armenia, but a draw would see Armenia have their own destiny out of their hands. Chodens? I agree, and but I still think it's very critical at any point to get the win. Um, and to be able to move to the next step, uh, this is this is the first way to do it. This is the best way to do it as well. Getting this win would lead to the next one. Uh, and I think that's what Kaparos is trying to aim to do. Like the first game, yes, we did lose, but you saw the performance in the next one, which was getting better and better after every single one. So I think, I think we're going to be hoping for the best and we're going to get a good result. Personally, I think that's that's what's going to happen. And if you if you look at it statistically speaking, and I know I off pod I I'd spoken to Armin about this, um, we haven't played we haven't played poorly. I mean, Armenia is used to playing. Um, we play down to our opponents, and we also play up to our opponents. Yeah. Um, and if you look, we we're actually doing pretty decent. I mean, we haven't lost yeah. in three consecutive matches. Uh, which is something Armenia hasn't done for a very long time. Uh, we have a defensive stability. We're still scoring goals. But what seems to be the problem, Theo? Where's the disconnect happening? Why are we Why are we drawing and not winning those games? I think it's um, it's a mental problem. Also, uh, our team needs to to pass. Uh, the the difficulties and the, this challenge to to definitely um, arrive at, uh, at another step uh, another great step uh, um, and it's what we we definitely need and it's why uh, precisely uh, what I hope Caparos uh, will be able to to give us um, and it's what I expect. For these uh, games, uh, it's uh, a truth moment for me. Um, we we can't uh, we can't draw, we can't lose. We we are, for me we just have to win. It's uh, it's an obligation. And uh, with the with our squad uh, against these opponents, uh, they are not um, huge 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 opponents. They are strong opponents, uh, but. Uh, as a new contender, if we want to be a new contender uh, for the, the 
qualifications of uh, Euro to 2020 or uh, but 2021 now or World Cup in the in the next years, uh, we obviously have to win uh, this type of games. Uh, it's uh, it's an obligation, and uh, we have the the players uh, for. Uh, and it's why I really expect so much from uh, men's like uh, Sako, from men's like um, Eno if he can play, uh, Aroyan too at the at the back. Um, these men are our leaders, and they have to uh, to lead us <laughs> uh, to the victory. Uh, and um, I really hope, and I don't want to be uh, to be disappointed uh, again in as, as in the in the last uh, few years. Unfortunately, uh, we are also we are often so close to to be able to to realize something uh, something big, uh, and uh, I think it's time it's time for us to to realize this and to finally uh, take the the other the other step in our minds i agree and and i think um i i think if you look back at the last nations league uh that we participated in in group d now we're now we're in group c we were placed in a group with macedonia who ended up topping the group we came in second place and um and it was a very winnable group. And now what we see is Macedonia finally having that opportunity to uh, to make it to their first ever major competition as they play Georgia in a couple days time in uh, the UEFA uh, Euro 2020 playoffs. Um, that match uh, between Georgia and Macedonia, the winner is going to get a place in the group stage in the Euros. It's going to be a first time uh, no matter who goes. And, it's somewhere that as fans of Armenia, um, we feel like we not that not necessarily that those teams don't belong there because they won their matches. They definitely do. But Armenia should have been there. And that's somewhere we we should have been the ones that are playing on Wednesday night. But in reality, we're we're, not, we're unfortunately not. But a slight positive we can get out of that is that the lineup that Georgia is going to put against us is expected to be a little bit weaker, right, Armin? Well, hopefully. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen their schedule. They're playing Macedonia right before they're playing us, aren't they? Yes, yeah. So they, they have and, that very crucial playoff. And last exactly. time they had the playoff, uh, I believe they played against Kosovo, who was managed by Bernard Chalons, who formerly managed Armenia. Uh, and after that match, they made wholesale changes before they played us. Yeah, the only thing that I can say about the Georgian game, um, I yeah, they have quality players. I mean, we know Georgi Loria, we go, we know Kvelkevelia, we know Kankava. That guy is tough. Uh, and most of all, I'm. I'm worried about their attacking midfield in Kazashvili and Okeashvili. Both of them are very talented. We need to neutralize those uh, in order to cut their game. And 
what I want to see, and I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart, I want total psychological domination in that game. I mean, we cannot let them play at ease. Not a single minute. I want Vato Aroyan to lead the game there. It will be the key. Of course. Oh, and yeah. in, in the last match, we saw um, Armenia took the lead very early on, as we have as we've been doing recently, very surprisingly. But for some reason, I guess the instructions from Kaparos uh, have been coming in to take your foot off the gas and not attack as much and not put as much pressure after taking the lead early. And that's when we saw Armenia kind of fall apart to a very subpar Georgian side. In the last round, if you take a look at the players that are expected to start for Georgia against Macedonia and who they played up against us, yeah, it's a it's a very different side, and we yeah. are um, we're getting the B team, Chadens. I think this is very strange in football ways because it's national sides, and uh, it's not like they play every week. So it, I don't really know what to say for this. Yeah. It's very strange, and it's very unexpected uh, thing that we're going to get. And, and and I think another storyline we can take away from this is their manager, Vladimir Weiss, uh, former manager of Slovakia, who is yet to actually win against Armenia. Yeah. He he lost huh. when he was manager of Slovakia. Uh, Vardan Minasian's Armenia beat him 4-0 uh, away, everyone at home. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> and, and now he drew 2-2. It was humiliating. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, look, we all know that that was the best Armenia we've ever seen on display. Euro Movsesian, absolute animal. Uh, off the Amazing. bench, we had, the, uh, I th- in my opinion, an unsung hero, Arthur Sarkisov, who came off the bench and, and scored sev- on several occasions. Uh, Edgar Manucharian was amazing. Golan Pizzelli. Oh, I mean... Berezovsky, exactly. You know, oh, and Sarkis Hovsepian, that guy is a legend. Yeah. Yeah, that, that leadership is something that uh, we've, we've kind of missed. We've definitely missed since. And I think Haroyan is kind of uh, helping revitalize that. But um, a couple of developments. There are a couple injuries to some key players for Georgia. I am going to completely butcher this name, but there is Chakvetzadi. <laughs> Uh, who plays for Ghent. Uh, he was actually yeah. injured in the UCL playoffs and he hasn't returned yet. And there is uh, Kitschavelli, uh, who plays for Sturm Graz in Austria, who was injured uh, when he came off the bench in the last match. Uh, Macedonia played against Georgia and he hasn't played since. So they're um, already missing a couple key players. They're going to start their strongest squad against Macedonia because, of course... Um, qualifying for the Euros is going to take precedent over anything else at the moment. So we definitely can expect a weakened side. We can expect um, if they lose in, in, in against Macedonia, we, we can probably expect a very disappointed side. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be confident, uh, but if they win, they're going to be energized and they're probably not going to care if they lose <laughs> in the Nations League. So this is essentially our, it's our game to lose. I just hope they don't lose against Macedonia because not only will they need like absolutely the utmost biggest needs to win against us, to beat us in the derby, but 
also they will have like that component the derby uh it's gonna be if they lose against macedonia it's gonna be a they're gonna be very motivated to beat us uh so yeah i hope they i hope they beat macedonia and uh and also i was gonna say this i'm not one to to rejoice over the um, disgrace of others but <laughs> about yeah you know what i'm getting into about the injuries they get finally yeah. some good news for us well not only injuries um i'm looking at a report a little scouting that macedonian football did um tell me more so there are f- four georgian players that play for anathorsis that are supposed to uh that are supposed oh, to yeah. start there's a couple that play for tobol um and there is uh, also a couple that play here in the MLS for San Jose uh, Earthquakes. Yeah, yeah so th- and these players have all been playing full minutes. So there's going to be definitely tired legs for them going in to their final. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be even more tired legs going into our match. And and again, that's why I say I would not be surprised if we get a completely different 11. I, I really wouldn't. Oh, I hope so. So but, bad. But then again, you know what? Last time that happened, we drew two or two with them. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing. And we had uh, our goal scorers were Mkhitaryan and Bayram Yan. Mkhitaryan, um, who uh, we don't know. He's a big question mark right now. And then Bayram Yan, who has been injured and he isn't in the squad. He's also a very notable absence that we're having. Um, so, you know, his versatility, he, he's been fantastic for us since coming to Armenia. And on He's their side, he, he is. He's one of the top level players we have. And we kind of, we didn't, we, we didn't speak about him earlier because of his injury. And we, um, of course, we're bringing it up now because we're talking about the national team. But he's definitely a key player that we are missing. And another example of how we don't have a full strength squad almost ever. Yeah. So, You're right. We don't. I mean, if you look at it, Theo, you you can give a little bit more of an opinion on this. We almost have one or two key players missing every time, and we haven't put out the same starting eleven in a long time. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a problem for the for the stability of the of the team because we we don't play uh, so much and um, and um, so quickly. And if you you change uh, every time the the squad uh, uh, the eleven who starts uh, it's a bit complicated and it's um, it's sad to don't have uh, every player uh, for the um, for, for the the next uh, games that we we want to to have because uh, I'm really interesting to see Miki with uh, Bayramian and Sako for example uh, at the front this uh, this trio for me could be uh, very well and uh, could um, uh, be our offensive uh, force our main of offensive force uh, so. I, I read um, if Caparus uh, will be uh, a long-term process. Uh, I think because um, he 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 has to to tr- made some trials uh, again and again uh, because of the injuries, because of the uh, 
sanctions of um, the the card. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, as you said, uh, Aram, it's uh, it's a bit complicated, and um, I I always hope uh, to see uh, everyone I want to to see on the on the pitch for us. Of course, <laughs> yeah. You know, we were supposed to get that um, that friendly against Albania, which I think would have been a great time to try out a few players. And I think um, the reason why we're seeing a 27-man squad this time around uh, was because we knew that the friendly was canceled ahead of time, uh, unlike the, the the previous one against the UAE that got canceled a little bit later. Um, so the call-ups were, had already been made, and we saw a larger squad. Uh, it, Kaparos has only had competitive matches. So he's... He's had to make very tough decisions. He's made some incorrect decisions, and I'm he I'm sure he's very aware of that. He's made some good substitutions. He's made some poor substitutions, mm-hmm. um, and I know and I know he knows yeah. that. And he's learning his way around the squad, um, with us essentially. I mean, both of uh, we have our own opinions on who should start in central midfield, and and of course so does yeah. he. And he's with them on a daily basis, and we're not. So we kind of have to take his word for it. Like I said, his record is good so far, um, as long as the number of losses doesn't exceed the number of wins in this nation league. Um, <laughs> I'll be happy uh, because to me that that seems that's like a success. And we're not even, you know, we haven't even gotten to the external circumstances yet. We haven't even gotten into Gharapach. We haven't gotten into UEFA moving all of our matches. We haven't gotten into the fact that we've only had one match at home during this whole nations league. Yeah, we're playing mm-hmm. that Macedonia match in Cyprus. So if you take all of these different factors into consideration and what's going on right now, just how it feels right now to be Armenian, not, you know, I'll take third place and, and not yeah, we're doing saying that I, good. yeah, we're doing good when you look at those circumstances and we don't know if the world's ever going to be normal again. Um, but you know, what we know is that this Armenia team is a project projects take time and we need to believe in yeah we need to believe in in our manager we need to believe in the system i mean look I agree. we got i mean Charens, you you would you would know well about this we got the former athletic director of spain leading armenia right now that's mm. a humongous coup we took him from that job to come and embed this system from the ground up and we're not going to see the fruits of these labors um for a very long time i mean chanitz you could speak on this a little bit uh you're you're a uefa c licensed coach how important is youth development it's it's very very essential i've actually taken webinars as well um and it's a very um vital thing for a for a team because it's where the basics start uh, and like you said from coming from a big position to a position where it's an un- it's an underperforming team like Armenia that was underperforming for a couple of years except the time with Slovakia uh, I think it's big and it's it's um, it's something that we cannot take it for granted we have to believe that we can do good and personally, I think the moment we 
we face Georgia and whatever happens, happens. The next game will be truly, uh, how should we put it? It will be the one of the best games ever, I think. Whatever happens will happen. Yeah, and and you know what? We're we're playing away to Georgia. There's not going to be any fans in the stadium, uh, of course, because of COVID guidelines. Although Estonia yeah. had fans, which was interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's the development process is very important, and it's something that Armenia has lacked drastically. And we know since the football federation had their complete overhaul, there's been something like 80 plus pitches that have been created all over Armenia. There is uh a couple of smaller football schools that are being built across the country. Um, the emphasis is there. It's there. And we're not going to see the fruits of these labors for years to come, but we're fine with that. Um, I think we've had a difficult time putting together 11 talented players at once. Um, we had it before we've had it. I mean, we had our, we had our chances. Uh, I'm not going to, not going to get into the match against Ireland, because my blood will boil, but I think that's something maybe we can do. We can maybe maybe we can walk through that uh that Euro 2012 campaign. I think that might be a good idea for the listeners to get an understanding of of how good Armino was. Uh, and it surprised most people, but it didn't surprise us because we know the talents of our own players, and we know the talents of the players in this talent pool right now. And I think if Kaparos gets uh or Kaparos, sorry, gets the right combination of <laughs> attacking midfielders and attackers in that lineup if if he can get them to click which has still been missing i think we can see a very dominant armenia i agree i hope <laughs> i hope so 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 much so a win would see us um go to the top of the table if macedonia drops points uh oh, they yeah. They take Estonia. We can we can go top. Uh, like like Theo said, um, we can draw, but uh, of course we want to have the, our destiny in our own hands. And I'd rather lose that last match to to Macedonia than lose to Georgia and then beat Macedonia. Which would, if we're being honest, that would be Armenia's normal uh, <laughs> normal theme would be to lose that that penultimate match and then demolish the team in the final match. Uh, which I mean, Macedonia faced that wrath last time. So I think that's going to go ahead and conclude our first episode of football Gentron. Thank you for listening. We will be wrapping up Georgia after the match is finished. Uh, we'll give our takes on how the match went, give you our opinions on the lineups. We'll give you, we'll give you everything. And trust me, we won't hold back. And hopefully we come out with three points. I think that would be great. It would be a lot of, um, positive reinforcement for everything going on for Armenians around the world right now. I think that's some positivity that we can all enjoy. We will also in that same episode preview the Macedonia match uh, and then following Macedonia match have a separate episode wrapping the Nations League up as a whole and looking ahead. Thank you for listening. This has been Football Gentron. I've been Autumn and on behalf of Chadens, Theo and Armen, thank you.